Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. I'm Steve King. Alongside me is Greg Kabakshian. Greg, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be back. Great to be back. Greg, it's 1237 on Sunday afternoon. This is like uh, this is like post-game debrief. You're at yeah. the you're, you're this is like after a long game, you're now at the press conference. We're, we're just you're still you're still drenched, like you're still drenched in sweat. Or maybe you just yeah. took a shower, I can't tell, right? You never know. Post-game <laughs> conference. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we usually do B-sides on Monday mornings, and but today we're doing it on Sunday afternoon, right after church, because I know both you and Matt are gone tomorrow. And instead of doing a solo B-side podcast, uh, we just we pulled it up early. So if anyone has any questions that you submitted, I will be responding to your email with a polite thanks so much for sending that. We'll, we'll maybe circle back to it in future episodes of the podcast. Yeah. But uh, people that write in questions on this afternoon or by Monday morning, tomorrow morning, they just won't be covered because here we are. We're doing B-side right now. So yeah. welcome in. Thanks for preaching today. Uh, let's jump into into the sermon, um, maybe can you give us the 90-second review of what you preached about today uh, in First Kings? Yeah, so we had three points of the sermon. Naboth's determination, Ahab's violation, Yahweh's extermination. Naboth's determination to do the right thing even when no one else was looking by not selling the land like he was supposed to. Ahab's violation that he was greedy. He wanted everything for himself. He leveraged his... Uh, authority and influence to harm innocent people, Ahab's violation, and then Yahweh's extermination, that Yahweh, because of his mercy, is just and uh, and poured out wrath, rightly so, on Ahab and Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we didn't have a question come in yet. Sometimes we actually get a question uh, by this time on a Sunday afternoon. Someone maybe in the service or right after the service will send a question over. So this wasn't a question as much as just a, um, a reflection. Uh, said, want to thank Greg for speaking hard truths with conviction to our faces. Uh, we all need such hard truths spoken. Uh, and this person then wrote, kind of reflecting on something you said, the greed of Ahab with a veneer of, of family piety. Preach it. Just like encouraging you, thanking you for that. Maybe can you, for the listener here, um, what... Not just the what resonated with the people listening, but what were some of the hard things that you think you said today, or to yourself and to all of us as Christians? What were the hard truths that you did speak? If if one or two of them comes quickly to mind for you, the one that comes to mind is that you know, the greed and the the veneer, like how how greed how the vice of greed masquerades as a virtue. Yeah, and like looking at my own life, honestly, like that would I don't I'm not. I think I am a greedy person mm. and don't realize it because so much of the time I'm like, well, I'm just putting money aside for, you know, I'm, I'm just being wise with my mo- money. Sure. Yeah. But I think underneath that, like it, it probably is why to put, to put money away, but I think I'm a lot of the time being greedy. I am one of those people that like every night before bed is like on the Zillow app, like okay. looking at, okay. looking at things that I could okay. <laughs> like just dreaming. You know what I mean? Does it have to be Zillow? Could it be realtor as well? Do you use, who uses realtor? Oh man. I don't know. Some, I think some people do. I don't know. Okay. All right. So it does, I, all right. The, the Zillow app is much easier. To okay. So it's, if someone's using the realtor app, they have other issues as well as what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got for it. sure. Okay. All right. 
So anyway, I just find myself doing the same exact <laughs> things that like, so like all, everything that I said that was difficult there is like difficult for me to hear coming out of my mouth as well. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, you had the, uh, the quote from Augustine in there mm-hmm. and you can maybe reflect on, on that quote as well. Where, why is it, why do you think we're greedy? Is it, is it, um, and, and how is it easily, maybe I'm leading you into this. I don't want to just do that. Like, I think that we're greedy at times, not because we, our first instinct is greed, um, but our, but we may have an instinct of fear. We may have an instinct of selfishness. We may have an instinct um, of covetousness, right? And so that then like leads us to be greedy with yeah. our time, with our possessions, with our money. Um, and something that can be done with the right reason, the Augustine quote, right? Saving for your, for the next generation, for your children and for their children, right? It, it, part of that can be done really well and it can so easily become an expression of greed and it's a matter of the heart. I mean, give it any, any, what, what did you love about that Augustine quote or any, any commentary around that? I, to be honest, when I read that quote for the first time, I hated it. <laughs> and that, cause I was like, what that, who the heck do you think you are trying to say, don't say it for your kids. And like, and then I took a few days, reflected on it and started to like it and see a lot of truth in it. But I just think like almost anything can become a catalyst for greed. Like if you take security, for example, it's like, well, you, you can, go to money and use money and material possessions as a way to make you feel more secure for the future. Like I've got a rainy day fund that's massive and like just saving for the future. It's a security thing or it could be a pride thing or a selfishness thing. Like I want all this for me. Yeah. Um, And so it's just the costumes that greed hides in is so, so sneaky. We just are raised in this Mm. culture. Basically from the day we're born in the United States, we are discipled by our world to be greedy Mm. And uh, because, like, if, if people weren't greedy, our economy would collapse. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's necessary for our system to run on some amount of greed. And so we're discipled that way <clears throat> from day one to, to treat yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's all around us. It's the water we swim in. And, like, so many things inside us can manifest as greed as well. Do you think that our, do you think that our society does depend on greed? Like, is that, is that actually, such a, that's, that's like a deeper, I heard that slipped in there. I think deeper, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So say like, you know, there are a lot of amazing things about capitalism and a few things that like are troublesome, like that it lends itself to the individuals in the society. So it may not be inherently greedy, but it leads, it can, it can lead to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an economist though. So I, you know, I have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna try to get one on the phone right now. If we no, I'm just kidding. Call um, Michael. Call, call someone up, right? Yeah, call Michael up, right? Uh, hey, that that yeah, helpful. I I do think there were some hard things that were spoken today, and it, and um, yeah, for any one of us that hear it, if we if if we hear it and it's hard and it uh, kind of pulls on something in our our heart or our mind in a way that bothers us, I say lean lean into that. Like let's let's try to determine where that does bother us or frustrate us. Um, because we should have that introspection. We should be looking inside of ourselves, looking at our heart to really determine if we've put either a veil on or just layers and layers of callousness and just not really looking at um, the function of our hard mind as being greedy by something else. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask this question. We didn't, again, we didn't have a lot of questions come in, but let me ask this one. Um, what do we make of the end of the passage that you covered today? 
with Ahab being someone who has something of an expression of repentance. Yeah. Um, you said probably not a, a full expression of it, maybe not a genuine expression of repentance that would lead into eternal life necessarily. And we, we can talk about that if that's helpful. But what do we just make with, what do we, what do we make of even his, um, the justice for him being delayed for gener- for a generation or generations, you know, how do, what do we, what do we do with that when we see that in scripture? Yeah. Well, in like Ahab's case in particular, it seems like, you know, what we make of that is that God is such a God who is so merciful that he is like his, uh, you know, you wake God up in the middle of the night and the, the default emotion of his heart is grace and mercy. Yeah. And like he, he just long, he has this magnetic pull towards showing grace and mercy that even when there's repentance that like maybe it's genuine, but it's probably not. He, he the default is mercy, mm-hmm. and so he allows Ahab to live. and And what we see in chapter twenty two is that Ahab is not repentant. Sure, like fully, like he's back to his old greedy <clears throat> ways, making wars and killing people and stuff. So, so why does why does God do that? Why do we think that God does that? Why does he delay? Yeah, his wrath? I wonder. I wonder if that moment. And sometimes I see, there's other parts of scripture. Where I wonder if it's because of what other people see about God. In that moment, mm-hmm. um, that there's a correlation that people recognize when someone is humbled, that God responds with mercy. Yeah. And I wonder if there's something about the greater impact God is having for his people in that moment in delaying justice for Ahab has more to do with them than it has to actually do mm-hmm. with Ahab. Yeah. Or even for like myself, like I think, man, I have greed in my heart. And even before I knew God, I was greedy. Yeah. And like, thank God that he delayed mercy for me. Yeah. Because, you know, had he not like, well, I'd be dead a long time ago. Right. But he's shown me mercy again and again and again. So while I do, that's one of the things where it's like, well, it's easy to see, have a problem with God delaying mercy for Ahab. But like for me. Yeah, sure. I would like it. Right. You know? Yeah, true. I'm very grateful that he did in my case. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let me use that. It's not exactly the same, but it relates a little bit. You mentioned, um, sometimes we feel the need as Christians, like we need to apologize for God's vengeance. Mm. Um, and you said, we don't have to do that. Um, and I thought you did a good job of, uh, changing, uh, the frame of mind for us, the, the seat in which we're sitting when we observe or maybe experience God's vengeance. And so for someone who, um, you know, when we can look at something like God's vengeance on Ahab or Jezebel and go, man, that's harsh, right? And there's a lot of passages throughout all of the, the time that we're staying with first, second Kings. There's a lot of passages like that's really harsh. Um, but you had this challenge of like, well, change your frame of mind. Be someone sitting in the seat of Naboth who has his vineyard robbed from him or, or someone else who has a child stolen away to be used for sacrifice. Um, where do you see us apologizing for God still. Like, where do you think you're prone to do that? Where do you think we're prone to do that in our, in our church generally? That's a good, I personally, I feel it in at least two places is one with the violence of God in the Mm -hmm. old Testament. I feel awkward and I feel like it needs to be nuanced and explained immediately. Sure. Yeah. And two with some of the laws in the old Mm -hmm. Testament where, um, I read, 
I read the book of Leviticus and I'm like, man, that's some tough stuff in yeah. there. Yeah. And I, I feel this urge to immediately have to explain it away that we don't, we don't do that anymore yeah. because of Jesus Christ. And that's, which is true. But at the same time for that people, for that theocratic kingdom of Israel, it was a good thing then. Yeah, sure. And we shouldn't be ashamed of God's law. Right. Yeah. I think I see it sometimes in, um, uh, yes, seeing that, like, having to answer as to why God is so violent in the Old Testament, but also, you know, again, frame of mind, anyone else in the current day going, where is God now? You know, like kind of the answer of like, why do, why do, why does bad things, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why does God allow evil in the world? So yeah, and sometimes feeling the need to have to explain away or like apologize for God and somehow give a reason as to his long suffering um, and his desire to see more people come to a saving faith. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I can feel the need at times sometimes to apologize for that. So I think that, I thought that was a helpful, um, challenge to, to myself, to our, to our community. So like, we don't have to apologize for God. If anything, even in this instance of seeing God as vengeful, um, we need to, we need to recognize that as something to celebrate, but also that does humble us so right. that we, we approach God with reverence and awe thinking about the Israelites going before Sinai or in Hebrews where God actually commanded, like, to come before God with reverence and awe, never to apologize for uh, to others for how holy God is, and never to ourselves fall asleep to that fact as well. Right. Um, which I, so I found that as a helpful helpful reminder, good challenge. Yeah, that was like really big for me to understand that the justice, even the violent justice of God, is an overflow of His love for His world. Yeah, it's kind of like. <clears throat> which I think people kind of intuitively understand that. Like if I were walking out of Target or something with my wife and a few guys start like, I don't know, trying to beat up my wife, like it would not be loving of me to be like, just kind of stand by the side and like cheer on. Like, yeah, sure. Go let, you got this. <laughs> Watch the hook, you know, like uh, it would be loving of me to, to fight. Yeah, people you need just, to come out of collegiate retire, wrestling retirement and, and get after it. some people. That's in the, it. In the parking lot. Okay. Yeah. But like, so in situations like that, it's like, yeah, the love for my wife demands active yeah. justice, even violent justice on these people. And so if God loves his world, like really loves his world and cares about it, it demands that he shows justice, even violent justice at times yeah. Yeah. because he loves the world. And justice belongs to him. In a way that is also hard for us, I think, that justice is unfulfilled in, in, in a timeline that sometimes we want. But we know, and it, we know it's a, a, a promise that will come to completion, that we will see, even though it's guaranteed now at this point, that justice is coming, yeah. will come. And that, that brings us to the cross, it brings us to Christ, it brings us to the work uh, that God is yet to do, but will do. Yep. So I thought, yeah, I thought you did a good job even... Of course, weaving that into and putting, not weaving it in, applying that as the end really of your message. That's how we came to the table today, which was beautiful. So, Greg, any last any last thoughts for you? If if you were sitting with a Bible study before they met this week, if you were just challenge them with one one thing that you'd want them to challenge each other with or, or speak about and talk about, what would it be? Oh, I can't do two. Sure, I'll give you I'll two. I'll give you two, not three. I would say confess and look at in each other in yourselves the ways that you are both that you are like Naboth mm. um, 
there is, you know, we, we were not meant to carry the burdens of life alone. People in your Bible study groups want to share your burdens. So share the ways in which this world has made you a victim. Mm-hmm. Share the ways, secondly, in which you are like Ahab, that we're also meant to confess our sin to each other. And, uh, and I think probably everybody to some degree or another wrestles with greed. Um, and so confess that. And, um, and finally, this is three. But this is three. I, I, I'm, I'm leaving. Take both. <laughs> reassure one another. Like, talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, how it addresses yeah. both the way that we are like Ahab and the way that we're like Naboth. Yeah. That Jesus Christ is the ultimate king who will someday come back and make everything new. Love it. That's great. Greg, thanks for preaching today. Thanks for joining the B-Side. For anyone that had a question that did not get answered today, we'll conclude that on future editions of the B-Side podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening uh, to this episode, and we will see you uh, next Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.